Packers, welcome back. My next guest with us right here is Dr. Trevor Cates, also known as the Spa Doctor. Trevor Cates focuses on an anti-aging hormone balance and glowing skin. He is the online Glowing Skin Summit and author of The Glowing Skin for Women. Dr. Cates, thanks for joining us on the call today. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. I was I was mentioning before the call, we've never had like a, a skin-specific um, podcast before, and I'm really excited to d- jump into things because, you know, the skin is is massive, and um, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting place to be. I think a lot of people struggle either with skin conditions or they're just uh, not as knowledgeable about their skin as they'd like to be, or there's a lot of questions floating around um, out there, so it's good to nail some down today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess 101, the skin, why are you fascinated with it? Kind of what got you into caring about the skin and researching it? Yeah, well, you know, as a naturopathic physician, I'm always looking at the symptoms of the body as a sign that something is out of balance. And when people have skin problems, that is a great indication that something is out of balance. And so it's an easy sign to look for. When we, you know, when people have things like acne, rosacea, eczema, or premature aging, that's often a sign that that the body's out of balance, and it's just telling us that something needs to be restored. And naturopathic medicine, holistic medicine, is a great way to help restore the body rather than just suppress a symptom with a topical steroid or an antibiotic. That's just suppressing a symptom and not really addressing the underlying cause of the problem. Okay. So the with the holistic approach versus more of the uh, conventional approach, kind of what's the difference? What are, What is uh, mainstream dermatologist doing versus what the naturopathic physician does. Right. Well, it's quite different. Um, you know, with dermatologists and and by the way, I love dermatologists. I've got some great friends that are dermatologists. Um, but the problem is, is they're not approaching it in the same way as a naturopathic physician. So like I said, what they'll do is they'll treat as a symptom by so so putting out of dermatologists will prescribe um, a topical steroid cream that suppresses the symptom or they'll give an antibiotic either topically or orally. Um, those are two of the most common prescriptions that dermatologists give. And it's it's not really addressing what's going on inside the body. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of different factors that can play a role in the skin. And it's not just an exterior thing. The skin is our largest organ and it's connected to our other organ systems our other body systems and and so for example if our digestive system is out of balance okay so skin 101 biggest organ of detoxification what i was fascinated with when i was doing some research and just what i know from before is it's always turning over it's always turning over always turning over i think it's like every 28 days you have new skin or something like that yeah yeah we do have a lot of skin turnover so it's 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 a great opportunity to have healing of the skin and to get a fresh start. So it's not like we're just stuck with the skin because it's it's constantly turning over. So when we address things on the inside, then we can have glowing skin on the outside. And so, you know, digestion is really important. Looking at food allergies, the foods that we're eating, um, a lot of inflammation is what triggers skin problems. Mm. So a lot of internal inflammation. And a lot of that comes from digestion and immune and having to do with foods that we're eating 
and the nutrients that we're getting. So nutritional deficiencies is another big problem with, with skin problems. Okay. And so being that it's an organ of detoxification, would it be fair to say that when someone's got problems internally, it's tr- the skin's trying to push it out and that's why they're getting the skin conditions? Well, it, it, that can be it because yeah, like you're saying, we've got, you know, it is one of the, the organs of detoxification of elimination, like just like, you know, our liver, our kidneys, those are all working to help expel things. And that happens with our skin too. Um, but also if there are other imbalances going on, so if our, our digestive system, the good bacteria and our digestive tract are not in a good balance, that's going to show up on our skin because there's just like our, our, our gut has its own micro microbiome, that delicate balance of, of good bacteria and microorganisms, our skin does also. So there's a, there's a connection between that. And there's more and more research coming out about the skin microbiome and all those bacteria that live in our skin. And when we do things like putting those topical creams on our face, like, you know, people with acne will put things on their face to, to kill off the, the, um, acne that triggers, I mean, the bacteria that triggers acne called P acne is the main one. But when you do that, you also kill off all those beneficial bacteria that are helping keep the skin in balance. And so then people get in this vicious cycle of killing off those good bacteria, and and then it just makes it all worse. So kind of like the antibiotic of the acne treatment. It's just like those creams. It's the same thing. You know, when people take antibiotics orally to treat like a strep throat infection or something like that, you know, it, antibiotics are important when we need them. Like for a strep throat infection, we, you know, we might need it. But it yeah. also will kill off the good bacteria that are helping keep our immune system in balance and and just, you know, the, the organ systems functioning properly. Yeah, I just came back from a three-month excursion in Southeast Asia and I was doing some scuba diving over there and my foot got um, a friction burn from the flipper and just busted open. You know, it started out with like this little cut and then it spread and it got really infected by the time I was back here and I had to get on antibiotics that I just got off. Um, And you know, running this call and, and hearing about antibiotics, 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 it's like you're, you're extra hyper vigilant about getting on them because you know what they'll do to you. But you still have to do it if your foot's about to fall off. Like my foot got bad. Oh, yeah. It was it was bright, right? It was terrible. So, you know, I got on antibiotics and within uh, 72 hours, all gone, all better. I mean, it was magic. It was like a miracle drug. Um, of course, you do the probiotics and all that stuff. But again, it's very important. Um, kind of a little tangent there, but getting. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. I mean, antibiotics are when we need them, they're very, they work really well. But the problem is that they're overused and dermatology is no different than any other type of conventional medicine. It's, they're overused. And so we need to be careful about when we use them and use them only when necessary. And antibiotics in the food. I mean, that's the biggest one, right? It's just like the, yeah. the things are pumping into the meat to keep them from not getting sick so they can sell them. Anyway, that's getting on a, a different, different topic. Let's get back to the skin. Clark. Um, so I, I guess someone comes to you, they, they want help, they have skin issues. What's the thing you see every day? What's the most common thing you're working with? Uh, well, with skin, uh, the number one condition, skin condition in America is acne. That's, that would be the number one. And, and it happens, you know, during during puberty and those teenage years. And then a lot of people still have it in their 20s. And then for women going through perimenopause, then it re 
shows up again. It mm. resurfaces. So it is something that happens throughout our life. It's not like one time. Um, a lot of people, it shows back up throughout throughout our lives. And some people are more prone to it than others, but it does seem to be one of the biggest skin problems. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, acne is huge and that's got to be like embarrassing. I mean, I've, I've never struggled with humongous acne, definitely just going through it. But I, I know some friends who are now in their adult years and it's probably more embarrassing for adults than it is children because it's almost it almost has this like immature stigma around it. Like, oh, he's still going through puberty or something or it's or it's like people view it as unclean or I mean, I can imagine it'd be a huge self-esteem hit. Oh, yeah. And really all skin conditions are, especially when it affects the face or anything that yeah. you're showing, you know, you're trying to show off the skin. And especially if it shows up on your face, it really affects self-esteem. And with teenagers, it's a really big problem because that's when you're trying to create your sense of identity and who you are. And, yeah. and then, you know, you've got acne on your face. And then, yeah, like you said, when people are older, too, it's it's something that people think it's just for teenagers, but it's really not. Sure, sure. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's a vicious cycle then because the things you do to try and make it better can sometimes make it worse, like we were saying with different creams that you put on your face that can be toxic or different uh, makeups that can get all up in there and clog it and make it way worse and make your skin break out even more. So you have to use more makeup, more makeup, more makeup. And um, uh, I mean, I can imagine why it's such a big issue. And, And so I guess when people come to you with these issues, then what are kind of some things you do with them. Is there anything uncommon that you do that other people don't do that you've seen work a lot? Well, I, I you know, I've de- with when it comes to dermatology, a lot of dermatologists don't talk about diet. Most, I would say, don't talk about the connection between our skin and what we're eating. And and actually some dermatologists will go so far as to say that there is no connection, which there is more research now that shows that that's not true, that we definitely there is a connection between our food, what we eat and our skin. And especially with something like acne, there are two foods that cause trigger acne more than any other foods are sugar and dairy. And so when someone has acne, that's some of the first recommendations I give them is to cut those two foods out Hmm. and see how they do with their skin. And, and it, Oftentimes, people will notice within just two days, um, their skin will start to clear up. And the reason why is um, with sugar, what happens is when we eat excess, excessive amounts of sugar or for people who have difficulty balancing their blood sugar, you know, pre-diabetics or diabetics, yeah. um, but even if we just people are eating a lot of sugar and we're not using it as fuel, then that, that glucose in the body um, actually will then increase um, insulin, which then in turn increases androgens and sebum production. And androgens and sebum production are two of the things that we know trigger acne. And so just eating sugar or or high glycemic index foods, foods that cause your blood sugar to go up, can trigger acne. Okay. And what what are androgens again? Are they the hormones? Androgens that are like testosterone and you know the 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 you know more they're considered more like male hormones, but okay. they're the ones that cause um, trigger acne and a lot of you know like hair growth and excess sweating and those kinds of um, symptoms. So those are caused by you said sugar and dairy. Well, that's one of the things that can increase it. 
And um, yeah, and so it's a combination of androgen excess and sebum production. And sebum is that oil in the skin that um, will then trigger acne. Okay. So when you eat those, you get more um, androgens, and then the sebum is what actually causes the release or the toxicity yeah. and pushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that people get the acne breakouts. So cutting back on sugar or, like I said, um, high glycemic index foods that trigger um, our blood sugar to go up are are going to be important to think about. So eating a really uh, a lot, eating a lot of grains or a lot of fruit um, or anything that turns to sugar in the body is going to have a similar effect. Hmm. But sugar, of course, is the is the worst one, and um, and then. Dairy is interesting, and the reason why that triggers acne is there are a few things going on with with dairy products. One is dairy contains hormones, and that's just even if you get hormone free or you know no hormones added dairy products, you get organic. It's still just the nature of milk itself because it's coming from a female cow, um, in, you know, to to provide nourishment for her baby. It's going to contain things like growth hormone and prolactin and uh, things like that in there that are are going to that can also and even androgens that can trigger acne. And um, and then other thing about dairy products is they contain lactose, which is milk sugar, which is they're naturally high in sugar. So going back to that, that, um, what I was talking about, how increased blood sugar can then increase androgens and sebum production and trigger acne. So that leads back into that too. And actually the studies on milk, the worst one is skim milk. And I think that that's because with skim milk, you take out the fat, you don't, you're going to have more of that insulin and that glucose spike and insulin spike, you know, so you don't have the fat to balance out the sugar. So that's going to lead more to that pathway of the glucose. Um, And then lastly, dairy products are more pro-inflammatory foods. Yeah. So they're going to lead to more inflammation in the body. And like I said, inflammation is a big trigger for skin problems in general. Yeah, and isn't all milk skim and then they add it, they add the fats back in for the percentages? I heard that's how they do it in pasteurization for like mass ones. They just skim it all and they save some of it and then they add it back in, um, you know, 1% you know, for 1%. I really don't know about that. Um, I think, I, yeah. It probably depends on where you get your milk from. Um, so, Have you yeah. seen this with raw milk too? With raw milk, you know, I... So uh, most people, if they're sensitive to dairy and they're having these inflammatory re- types of responses, they're they're going to react to all different types of dairy, even raw. But raw would be a better choice, I think, if you can find a really good source. Because with raw, it gets a little tricky because um, the reason why it is pasteurized and homogenized is um, to help kill off any bacteria. But you know, I think if you get a good source of raw, it, it's going to be a much healthier. Yeah, don't, don't get raw milk from the I-5, man. That, that <laughs> smells going down there in Northern California. Yeah, because I, I know with raw milk, like people who are lactose intolerant and the enzyme lactase that gets uh, thrown out can be in raw milk. And so that's why they can metabolize it with like ice cream or raw dairy and um, stuff like that. What? Okay, what about last question on dairy before we move on? What about like goat's milk or different alternatives? Same thing? Well, it, again, it can be a little better for some people, but to really give it. So what I usually tell people is 
take it out of your diet for 10 days. See how you do. And then if you really want to try, you know, start with, you know, whole raw milk or goat's milk and see how your skin does when you reintroduce that. Or start with, you know, like sheep or goat's cheeses or yogurts because they have some enzymes and probiotics and the yogurt. So that's a better place to start rather than just going straight to drinking skim milk, which the research has shown triggers acne. So with acne then, I mean, this is obviously probably, you know, one of the textbook problems of the skin. It's probably the most, the easiest one to pinpoint. Like people think of skin issues, the first thing that comes to mind, boom, acne. The next thing that comes to mind is what the marketing industries have done such a good job at. You know, it's a billion dollar industry, not just like millions, but, you know, Dr. Evil right there at the billion dollars. And they think of these products that celebrities are selling. I mean, you know, Jennifer Aniston's got one. Pete Diddy was on Proactive. It's on every 30 seconds. One of the best-selling infomercials of all time is Proactive. Um, I remember when I was 13, I ordered it just because it was on there. I didn't even have acne. I just wanted to use this stuff because I thought it was cool. That's how good of a job they did. Um, And so, so, like, the question being... With all these products out there that are promising like miracle skin, have you seen any uh, effects of these products on people's skin that they're using? Well, yeah, and it, it there's so much marketing hype with skincare products. It really is pretty crazy how people can have a really simple product that actually doesn't have anything great in it, and it just because of marketing, it can sell crazy amounts of money, um, crazy amounts. Uh, that's why. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that the research shows with topical skincare products is that they should be mildly acidic. So with a pH of around four, 4.5 is ideal Hmm. because what that does is it helps, um, maintain that skin microbiome, those, those beneficial bacteria and it also, there's actually been research on with, with aging, with wrinkles, that using mildly acidic products um, on a regular basis can actually decrease wrinkle depth and length. Hmm. Um, and then it also can help with acne because we were talking about acne. And I know people always ask me about, you know, how can they make sure that they're aging gracefully and everything. So I wanted to throw that in. But um, with acne, it helps maintain that skin microbiome, which is going to keep those bacteria in check that lead to that, that trigger acne. So a mildly acidic skincare routine. And so what about like apple cider vinegars? Well, yeah, vinegar is, is mildly acidic. If you, there are recipes to do, do it yourself, you know, washes and have you ever, have you ever done that or experimented? Yeah, I do a lot of that. And I share a lot of that on my Facebook page, on my Pinterest, my Instagram. I'm always, I have lots of do it yourself recipes because I know it's a great way for people to, because like, you know, we were talking about, there's so many different skincare products and most of them are loaded with harmful chemicals. And a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just putting this on my skin. It's not really going to affect me. Otherwise, it's on the outside of me. Our skin is very absorbent and it absorbs all those things that you're putting on your skin. It can go into your bloodstream. And we know that many of the ingredients in skincare products or some of the ingredients in skincare products actually are, have hormone disrupting effects. Some are even carcinogenic. Yeah. And, and so even, you know, they might not be doing good, but some of them actually may be more harmful. So, um, you know, for example, oxybenzone 
is um, one of the most common ingredients in, in sunscreen. And this, you know, in the summertime, people are slathering on sunscreens and many of those uh, have oxybenzone in there. Mm. And that is a known hormone disrupting chemical. So when that gets absorbed for the bloodstream, it, it, you know, the concern is that what is it going to do in your body? What, it, what is it going to do to your hormone balance? And especially something like, you know, with acne, when you've got already got androgen excess and your hormones are kind of surging and crazy and all of that, especially as a teenager or during perimenopause, when a lot of women get more outbreaks, it could be disrupting hormones again. So um, yeah, it's really important to look at skincare ingredients and Take out the ones that are uh, harmful. Look at those. Start learning about those. And then one way is to do do it yourself. That's why I put so much on my Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, is to help people have that information so that they can create their own products like the mildly acidic. Yeah. And a lot of the do-it-yourself recipes surely might not come out as creamy or the nice scent with essential oils or whatever fragrances they're using might not be as strong. But like a lot of them work the same, if not better than a lot of the conventional ones. I mean, I'm, I'm getting into the uh, hair pomade industry with my brother. We're starting our own thing and trying to do more of a natural take on it. And I'm just reading the ingredients for a lot of uh, cosmetics in general, because a lot of them are, are really the same, you know, whether it's skin products, lotions, soaps, hair products. I mean, they use the same bases. And if you want to do uh, natural stuff, it's pretty much just, you know, a couple carrier oils, some fats, some waxes, depends on what you want for the specific goal. But the point being, a lot of it's easier than you think. And so when you find a couple do-it-yourself recipes, not only are you saving money, getting educated, doing it yourself, but you're also a lot of times getting a better product altogether. So um, do you have any really easy off the top of your head, like do-it-yourself skincare recipes you could share right now? Well, it, you know, there's so many. And, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, aloe is a great, I'm just going to share some ingredients that I, you know, that are some of my favorites. Aloe, just getting, you know, an aloe plant, that fresh aloe straight from a plant is so good for the skin mm. and really for all different skin types. And if you, um, you know, and uh, calendula is also very healing for the skin. You can make a nice calendula face wash. What, what is that? Calendula is a flower. It's also called, it's marigold is the common name for it. And um, so calendula, you can get it as, um, a, you know, as a non-alcoholic um, tincture. It's not really a tincture because it doesn't have alcohol in it. Or you can get it and um, you can get the actual herb itself and make it yourself. But um, that's also very healing for the skin. It's great for eczema. It's great for acne, all, all kinds. So if you got something like that and you made your, some of your own products with that, it can be very helpful. And and oils, as far as oils go, jojoba oil is a nice one that people can use with that doesn't clog the skin. A lot of times people with acne think that they can't put oils on the skin, that they have to do things right. that dry out the skin. But that's actually, if you dry out the skin, that's going to make it worse because mm. then your body kind of kicks into overtime of trying to produce more oil because it feels dried out. And um, a lot of people have dry skin, but still get acne. And so using oils, the right oils can actually help prevent acne. Things like jojoba don't tend to clog the pores. And if you're adding other things in there like aloe and calendula and, you know, you can also, if you want to make them a little bit more acidic, you can add things like lemon juice or apple mm. cider vinegar. So there's some nice combinations that you can make. And 
I know not everybody has time to make their own skincare products. So I'm also coming out with my own skincare line in November uh, because I realized I had so many people asking me, where can I find skincare products that don't have all these harmful ingredients, but that, that actually work? Because there's also this misbelief that if it's a natural skincare product, they think it's not going to work. Um, that you've got to have these really harsh, intense ingredients for it to have an effect, whether that's, you know, treating acne or preventing wrinkles and premature aging. So that's why I'm creating um, a daily essentials line with a, you know, a cleanser, serum, moisturizer, a nice combination that's going to be great for it. That's, you know, got that mild acidity that's going to be great for people with, with skin problems like acne or rosacea, eczema, but also just to have, you know, that healthy glow. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of times too, with the do it yourself movement, one thing I've realized just, you know, formulating pomades and stuff is that there's a lot, a lot of research that goes into making the right ratios. And so it's not just, uh, I don't have the time to buy all the ingredients and make it myself. It's the legit excuse of, I don't have the time to put in the 40, 80, hundred hours it takes to experiment with getting the ratios right, to experiment with finding the best texture, consistency, smells, all that stuff. It's all been taken care of when when you buy someone's product. So a lot of times, like, you can do it yourself, but sometimes it is better to just save it and and save your time because that's money too and uh, invest in some really good quality products. Yeah, Um, and the raw materials themselves, where you get those and whether they're organic or, you know, wild harvest. It takes time, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes time and it can be expensive to buy all those products yeah, too individually. Yeah. But, you know, again, I, I do think it's, it's kind of a fun thing to do. I have, um, I do one, uh, face mask that is, uh, avocado and blueberries and, um, uh, I do soaked almonds, right? Like they're soaked overnight and a little bit of coconut water and mm. a little bit of lemon juice. And we, um, and did I say kale? Yeah, uh-huh. a little bit of kale too. Blend all that up in a blender put that on as a face mask and then you just take like a cup of coconut milk add that to what's left in the blender and then you can drink it as a smoothie so it's kind of nice you don't have anything left over and you get you know the nourishment on the outside and then the inside because uh-huh. it's got all those great antioxidant rich and those some great oils from the avocado and so it's a it's a nice combination a little bit of lemon to make it more acidic yeah i've never heard about uh drinking your face mask before so. <laughs> it's kind of fun yeah so while we're on the topic of face masks and skin, healthy glowing skin, I know you do women-specific work. So I guess a relevant question then comes uh, transitioning to cosmetics and, and makeup, really. Um, you know, with makeup, um, a lot of women use it. A lot of women have transitions, from what I know, to more natural makeups like bare minerals. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I played completely ignorant about makeup. I don't really know anything. So it's great we have you on to tell us about it. Um, So give us the breakdown about makeup. What should we know? What should we look out for? Is there anything we should be doing? Yeah. So there are some good mineral makeups out there. And I do like mineral makeups um, be more natural. And also they do provide some natural sun protection. So those are great. What I would be careful with is when they come in powdered form, 
The problem is a lot of these are um, nano-sized um, particles in of the titanium dioxide and the zinc oxide, which are part of the mineral makeup and which would cause it to have be a great sun protection. But when it's nano-sized and it goes into the air and you're like, you know, have a powder and you're powdering your face, then you breathe it in and the concern is that it's going to get stuck in your lungs because they're teeny little sized oh. particles. So I would just say the mineral makeups are great. Stay away from the loose powder ones. Or if you use them, make sure that they're not nano-sized. Dang, I haven't thought about that. Okay, so you can actually like inhale your makeup and it's, it's pretty bad for you. Yeah, I mean, well, the concern is that they're, the particles are so tiny that they would get trapped in the wow. alkali in the lungs. Wow, that's crazy. It's kind of like asbestos. You know, we used to think that was great, but then we realized we could breathe it's, it in and it's... Yeah, exactly yeah. the same kind of idea. We don't want to be breathing in those teeny little particles. Wow. Okay, so have you seen like conventional makeups, any research on them having those tiny particles? Yeah, um, it's actually, um, I think... Some companies are trying to remove them um, or stick with a, a pressed powder and not a loose powder or, um, you know, doing yeah. it with liquids instead. It, so, seems like, it seems like the cosmetic companies would like, uh, you know, if it was given people cancer and stuff would pull that pretty quick. But um, I, I'm not, you know, I think they're still out there. So you just you just so people are aware to to um, to look out for that. Nano sized is what they should be watching for. Yeah, nano-sized particles in the powder forms. Now, if they're gels, creams, um, foundations, that doesn't seem to be a problem at this point. The research doesn't show any kind of concern about that. Um, but I'm just concerned about people breathing those in. Okay. And what about the performance of like more natural makeups? Have you seen a difference experimenting with using makeup? Um, anything that hasn't performed as well? I think the mineral makeups are great. I really do. I think that that technology is fantastic. It 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 goes on well. It you know for people who want to wear makeup, it it is you know it works great. And again, it, the the sun protection, you know, that's mm. awesome that we have that additional benefit that protecting our our skin from the sun. And you know what what I just want to mention about the sun is is we we all want to be careful about sun exposure. However, some sun is good, right? We want to get vitamin D. A lot of people will slather on sunscreen and cover up their entire body's warehouse and never get exposure to um to the sun and get that vitamin D we need. But you and you don't need a lot. You only need for fair people, like five, 10 minutes, a few times a week for people with more pigmented skin, with darker skin, they're going to need a little bit more like 30 minutes, a few times a week without any sunscreen. And what I usually tell people is cover, you know, cover your face up so you don't worry about the sun exposure on your face and the sun damage, the hyperpigmentation, all of that, that, um, especially women get concerned about, but you, you know, expose your arms, your legs, the rest of your body to get some nice vitamin D sure. because we need vitamin D for healthy skin too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I guess last question on makeup, uh, what makeup do you use then? I'm, I'm curious, like for the women listening, they probably want to know what is the woman who knows so much about skin? What does she go to? Can you give us some, <laughs> some brands or suggestions? Um, I use um, a few different products, and I'll go through different ones. Um, I like some of Jane Iredale's products, like her mascara. I like um, some of some of her products. Some of the lipsticks and things are good too. So the mineral makeups, 
Um, you know, you still have to be careful in looking at ingredients with, with all of these. Uh, the, uh, there's also a brand in Whole Foods. I think it's called Color Science. I use that. They're sold in Whole Foods. Um, Jane Iredale, I think you have to buy from estheticians or like salons and, and they don't, you know. She's great. Always... I love her stuff. She's great. <laughs> her, her, her lipstick on me just works wonders. Totally working for my color. Right? It just matches my outfits too. I love it. Jane Irondale, great woman. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Cates, man, this went by fast. Uh, skin's a fascinating one. So, th- I mean, yeah. thanks for coming on and sharing. What What do you got working on right now? You have a summit? Yeah, a book? Um, I have um, an ebook, Glowing Skin from Within. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. People can get it on Amazon. It's only $2.99. Um, it's an ebook, short little book, but it's got lots of great information on on foods, specific nutrients, the top seven best and worst foods, and the most important nutrients, the eight top nutrients that are good for skin. Um, I've got the skincare line coming out in November. So if people want to go to my website, drtrevorkates.com, subscribe to my newsletter, um, or take my skin quiz, there's a great skin quiz on my website. And People just, it's free. People fill, fill it out, like it takes five minutes, fill out a few questions and it gives them some great tips on where to start, where are their weak spots with their skin and their overall health that might create more skin problems. And then once people do that, then they can get information from me about um, my skincare line when it's ready to come out. Awesome, Dr. Cates. You got to send me some of your uh, skincare. I'd love to try it. It'll be fascinating. Yeah. And drink it. Drink it if I can, because it sounds like I can eat it. Yeah, I mean, if you, can't, if you can't eat it, you shouldn't put it on your skin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Blend it up with coconut milk, and down That's the hatch right. it goes. <laughs> awesome, Dr. Cates. Thank you so much. 